The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes and their families since 9-11. Hero first responders and service members who serve our communities and our country. Those who die in the line of duty or are catastrophically injured. Veterans who fought for our nation's freedom only to return home, fall on tough times, and become homeless. Heroes like Buffalo, New York firefighter Jason Arno and his family. Arno was killed while protecting his community, battling a warehouse fire. He left behind his wife and a young daughter. In their darkest hour, Tunnel to Towers provided Arno's wife and daughter with a mortgage-free home. The foundation lifted a financial burden, enabling them to stay in the home where they made memories with their hero. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. Support the families of America's greatest heroes, the families of fallen first responders like Jason Arno, plus Gold Star families with young children, catastrophically injured service members, and homeless veterans. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. The U.S. economy took another major blow last month. According to the Department of Labor, inflation rose by 8.5% in March, the highest rate since 1981. Higher prices are likely to have a major impact on average Americans who are already struggling to make ends meet. And the White House is working overtime to convince you that they had nothing to do with any of it, of course. I'll go over the data and the reality in tonight's Hold the Line. Welcome to Hold the Line. I'm Buck Sexton. They try to prepare everybody for this, but it doesn't matter what the White House says. It doesn't matter what the messaging campaign may be, really. People are aware. The American people are figuring out that inflation is really bad, that the Biden regime is making it worse, and they can't hide this. Like so many other things that are out there, the Biden administration can lie to you about a whole range of issues. They can say they're trying to secure the border when they're really not, they, and they can tell you that crime might be up in some places, it's down in others. One thing that everybody in the country who has to pay attention to the cost of their groceries, the cost of gas, one thing they see is inflation. And they understand it and they know what's going on because they have less money to spend and their dollars, of course, are also going less far because of all of this. 
And this is a graph that shows you, for example, the year-over-year -year increase in food prices since Biden took office, right? Since Biden took office, March of 2022, rate of 8.8%. There you go. It's almost like Joe Biden comes into power and all of a sudden inflation starts going up and up and up. And this is going to affect people who the Democrats love to demagogue uh, how much they care about these individuals, the working class folks, people that are struggling to make ends meet. You know, Joe Biden does his whole roll up the sleeves. I'm at the kitchen table with you. I'm just your buddy. It's all a total sham. But here, here's what he does. He says, um, or here's the reality. March, there was a rise in basic necessities year over year. Check this out. Gasoline, 48%. Used cars, 35%. Uh, shelter, 5%. I mean, gasoline prices up 48%. Just that alone shows you we've got a major problem on our hands. And look, here's the, the truth about all this. Uh, this is not a good economy. And the Democrats can try to message it differently as much as they want, but because people are feeling this, they're aware of it, it is costing them, quite literally costing them personally, they aren't buying into the spin. It's much harder to get away with the usual distractions and, uh, and usual tac uh, tactics and techniques of trying to make it seem like something else is going on here. Wages also, by the way, graph show, here's a graph that shows the inflation-adjusted hourly wage shrank 2.7% in March. So wages, when you, inflate, when you adjust for inflation, are actually going down. So you're, you're making less money. Stuff is getting more expensive across the board. We've got real problems in this economy. And you know, Democrats, keep in mind, the Biden plan for all this was to spend $5 trillion more dollars. The Democrats want to spend $5 trillion more trillion in addition to where we already are. That was what they thought was the way forward. I mean, it's completely and utterly nuts. Why do we have inflation? Government's spending too much money. What does the Democrat Party want to do? Spend even more money. Biden was saying, this was, this was his talking point for a while, it'll reduce inflation. He would, he would kind of do the creepy whisper thing, reduce inflation. He would whisper it all weird. And people would say, well, what the hell is this guy talking about? It's not going to reduce inflation to spend another $5 trillion. That's crazy. That was the best they could come up with, I suppose. Otherwise, they just have to admit that they aren't very smart. They don't know what they're doing, unless maybe their plan is just to bring the country financially and economically to its knees so it's more susceptible to some kind of revolutionary fervor. I don't know, but they've got something going on here. Oh, they're also going to do a lot of deflection, a lot of blame shifting. I mean, here's Jen Psaki yesterday saying that the extraordinarily elevated, don't you like that phrase? Extraordinarily elevated, as in super high inflation, 40-year high, extraordinarily elevated. It's Putin's price hike, she says. That's what caused all this. Watch. So because of the actions we've taken to address uh, Putin, the Putin price hike, we are in a better place than we were last month. Um, but we expect March CPA, CPI headline inflation to be extraordinarily elevated due to Putin's price hike. And we expect a large difference between core and headline inflation reflecting the global disruptions in energy and food markets. So core infl inflation doesn't include energy and food prices. Uh, headline inflation does. And of course, we know that core inflation, you know, energy, the impact of energy, of course, on oil prices, gas prices, we expect that to uh, continue to reflect what we've seen uh, the increases be over the course of this invasion.
Can I just point out that they have been wrong on this already about four or five times in the last year? Remember they said that inflation, first of all, wasn't going to be bad. And then they said it was going to be transitory. And then they tried for a little while to say that inflation was actually good for the American people. It's a sign of a robust, robust economy, high demand. They've tried everything. And they're wrong at every step of the process, okay? At every step of the process. I mean, one place where uh, you can already see how bad this is, uh, the year-over-year increase in energy prices since Biden took office. Remember, since Biden took office, this is a key indicator here, because you'll see on the graph, yeah, it's just going up, 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 32%. That really affects people. That hurts their ability to pay their bills. So then you have Biden economic advisor, Jared Bernstein, going out there trying to do some kind of clean up on aisle Biden, which is a constant, constant struggle for these libs. He goes out there and says, look, we're not going to blame Putin for inflation. And then he blames Putin for inflation. Watch. You guys seem to be blaming everyone but yourselves for even a teeny part of this. Well, I don't think that's accurate at all. I mean, I think what we've tried no, I, to say, I, I, in fact, it's we, the Putin hold on, wait a second, like, right? wait, it, it, it's, let it's, me. It's the war. Wait, let it's me respond, Neil. hold on. I never hear, hey, the, uh, some of this is on me, but I'm going to fix it. Wait a second, hold on. Let me address sure. that directly in two ways. First of all, March inflation up 1.2%. That's for the month. That's elevated. 70% of that is energy costs. Over 60% is gas alone. We know uh, that Putin has his bloody fingerprints all over that, uh, uh, that uh, increase in energy costs. Uh, so we're not blaming Putin, but I mean, it's Putin. And look at the energy prices and everything else. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Maybe they also could have had the Biden administration be a little more effective in preventing that war, doing something, diplomacy, you know, in advance of this terrible conflict that's going on in Ukraine. So they're blaming Putin, but Elizabeth Warren, because she really only has one sheet of music that she tends to sing from, is blaming corporations for the high prices, the usual class warfare stuff from her. She doesn't believe that anybody really thinks that this is what's going on, but she'll tell this to idiots and they'll believe her. Giant corporations, she tweeted, are using inflation as a cover to raise their prices and boost profits. In industry after industry, we have too little competition. Companies have too much power to increase prices. I've been calling out this corporate profiteering and price gouging. We're in a global energy market. If it were so easy for companies to just unfairly turn up the price and make a whole lot more money for themselves, why did it happen to just occur when Biden took office? You ever think about that for a second? Why weren't they doing this when Donald Trump was president? Biden's in office and all of a sudden the price is rising up and they're saying it's because the companies are so greedy. So they only get greedy when there's a Democrat running the show poorly? Right, exactly. Look, we'll have more on today's dismal inflation report with professor in economics at the University of Chicago, Casey Mulligan. Right now, I want to tell you about the newest sponsor to hold the line, the silencer shop. Look, I'm a big supporter of the Second Amendment. For many gun owners, using a suppressor is a must. Suppressors are 100% legal in 43 states. So if you want to practice safe, accurate shooting, the best way to get your suppressor is through the silencer shop. They have a variety of suppressors starting at just $365. My friends at Silencer Shop are the industry leaders in suppressors. They're a Texas-based company that excel at customer service. Each phone call, email, direct message, or comment is answered promptly, and they treat you like family. Their customer reviews are awesome. On Trustpilot, Silencer Shop has an average ranking of 4.9 out of 5 stars. That's based on over 25,000 reviews, so you know they can be trusted. You can get more details online at Silencer Shop website. 
That's silencershop.com or on Instagram at instagram.com slash silencershop. Shop now at the Silencer Shop. They make silencer ownership simple. Again, that's silencershop.com for all your suppressor needs. We'll be right back with more Hold the Line. There's a battle going on right now that may be the most important fight our country's had since the Revolutionary War. Once again, it's about our freedom. People like you and me are being canceled, our speech increasingly censored by big tech and corporate media. Can't let that happen. Time to fight back. Please stand with us and support The First TV. Be a part of our team dedicated to preserving the very essence of who we are, free Americans. With inflation at its highest rate since Ronald Reagan was president, American families are going to have a tough time in the coming months putting food on the table. Responding to the White House spin, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis waded into the debate, criticizing the Biden administration for not doing enough to combat higher prices. Earlier today, DeSantis tweeted, inflation is at a 40-year high of 8.5% due to federal policies of borrowing and printing money at unfathomable levels and bad energy policy, which is hurting Floridians. Biden could unleash domestic energy production to provide relief. Instead, he is content watching people suffer. Amen to that. For more on March's inflation report, let me bring in economics professor at the University of Chicago and senior fellow at the Committee to Unleash Prosperity, Casey Mulligan. Casey, thanks for being with us. I'm glad to join you guys. So one of the ways they tried today, Casey, to explain uh, the numbers was to say, essentially, this was expected, so no big deal. This is as bad as it's going to get. I mean, this was the spin that was being put on it. So I wanted you to tell us, uh, how bad is this, and could it get worse? Well, this is not something we've seen to this degree, especially what really matters at the end of the day is is what our take-home pay, what it can buy us. And the inflation's eroding that. Uh, The real wage numbers were very bad uh, in this report. The real wages had fallen 4 or 5%. you know, wage growth had been an issue for years, and the Trump administration started growing again, especially for blue-collar workers. And I guess Biden wants to reverse that part of the Trump administration as well, that the wage growth has got to be rolled back, and it certainly is. So I've seen a fair amount of people actually say that if you look at what people really need, the actual rate of inflation as it affects people's buying power would be higher than the official 8.5% of CPI. Could you explain that one way or the other? Well, over a longer term, there is an element of the products get better, new products invented, and the CPI doesn't really capture that, that extra buying power that we have. But actually, it's the opposite that's going on lately because uh, getting things that we used to be able to get, like an on-time flight, that's a product we used to be able to buy fairly easily. Now it's difficult to buy. Uh, Restaurant services is getting worse, uh, all kinds of services because of the poor performance of the economy um, have gotten worse. So that kind of bias really goes in the other direction now. And the official number says our buying power has fallen by four or 5%, really maybe it's fallen by 10%. Right, so what, what, do, you, what do you attribute this to primarily? There's a, also a lot of uh, discussion right now. I mean, I mean here, here's a graph showing in the inflation rate since 2019. And it shows that in March 20 to March 22, obviously today, uh, rate of 8.5%. I mean, it's a pretty, looks like a pretty rapid rise 
a number of factors people talk about, COVID spending, uh, Biden administration, uh, additional spending beyond the COVID spending of 2020. What, and then, of course, they say the Putin price hike is what the administration's calling it. Why did we get to this level? I mean, how do you, what do you attribute this to primarily? I mean, the primary thing has been printing all these dollars, uh, dollars sent out by the Treasury, dollars sent out by the Federal Reserve. And this is something that's normally happened after periods of wartime. Now, our war was against a virus instead of a foreign enemy. But after the uh, end of a war, the uh, money supply has increased and prices jump up at, at the end of the war. And that's what we're seeing. Now, this is not a surprise. Um, now, the, the question would be, are they going to continue printing the dollars uh, and therefore devaluing what a dollar is worth? That's what inflation means. That the value of the dollar has fallen by 8.5% in the last year. Um, will that continue? I mean, it, this Federal Reserve doesn't seem to be all that eager to go back to normal. Um, but in principle, we could go back to normal and we wouldn't have to deal with this inflation for much longer. And Casey, we also are looking at the realities of energy prices right now. Here's a graph that shows the year over year rise in energy prices since Joe Biden took office. March of 2022, a rate of 32%. What's pushing this? I mean, people talk about the price of gas, the price of energy in general. It feels like it's been going up, up and up over the last year. What are the primary reasons for this? Because People feel pain at the pump. They see the price of heating and cooling their homes going up a lot. That's something that the American people notice. No question, especially at the lower end. This has been, again, well known that energy prices is particularly important for the living standards of lower income people. So this is bad news in every sense of the word. Um, you know, of course, it's supply and demand in energy. And... Unfortunately, the uh, the policy of Biden, and he promised this on the campaign path, so voters, I guess, got what they wanted. Um, he promised that he was going to increase the demand for energy by putting things on electric vehicles and stuff like that and reduce the supply. There's a bunch of types of way of supplying energy, particularly fossil fuel-based, that he doesn't like and he wants to get rid of them. So you're going to have less supply, more demand. You're going to have higher prices. And that's happening already. Um, because those policies have been put in from day one. It's tougher now for a fossil fuel company to get a loan, to get financing, uh, to find minerals on the federal lands. Um, there's a lot of obstacles. To, when you produce a product, pipe it to your customer. Um, that can't be done nearly as much anymore. So they've, they've done a full assault on a lot of our energy supply, and that's big factor. And then the economic recovery also contributes to demand and we got pretty expensive energy. Casey, thanks so much for being with us. We appreciate it. My pleasure. A gunman opened fire in the New York City subway system in Brooklyn, leaving at least 16 people injured. Ten were shot. We'll have the latest on the mass shooting with New York City Councilman Joe Borelli in just a moment. I want to talk to you about protecting your online data for a second here. A lot of companies promise your privacy is guaranteed, but we know that's not true. That's why you need a new privacy and cybersecurity application tool called Secure. Spelled S-E-K-U-R. Secure is using proprietary encryption and offering secure instant messaging and email. With Secure, all of your communication is based on servers and data centers hosted in Switzerland, 
without using any of the big tech platforms out there. Privacy is a big issue. Without real security, people can read your emails, messages, even your bank information. Secure will never mine your data and never ask for your phone number. You can send emails to your doctor, banker, lawyer, or anyone else with total confidence you're not being spied on by your internet provider or big tech. Secure is your solution to stop the constant theft of your digital identity. It costs only $5 for the messenger, only $10 for the messenger and email combination package. Go to secure.com and take back your privacy today. That's S-E-K-U-R.com and use promo code BUCK for 25% off. New York City Councilman Joe Borelli joins us in a moment. New York City, stunned by violence once again, shooting on a Brooklyn subway during the height of rush hour this morning, left 28 people injured. Ten of them suffered gunshot wounds. Here's New York Governor Kathy Hochul at a press conference earlier today. No more mass shootings. No more disrupting lives. No more creating heartbreak for people just trying to live their lives as normal New Yorkers. It has to end, and it ends now. And we are sick and tired of reading headlines about crime. It has to stop. I'm committing the full resources of our state to fight this surge of crime, this insanity that is seizing our city because we want to get back to normal. Get back to normal, huh? Actions speak louder than words, Governor. Your party is the problem. Let's talk about how they could actually do something uh, about the crime situation in New York with New York City Councilmember Joe Borelli of Staten Island. Joe, good to see you. You too, Buck. Thank you. I mean, first, can you just, just start, at, as I sit here speaking to you, uh, we have members of the NYPD and other law enforcement agencies trying to find this individual. I mean, what are your first reactions to what occurred today on the subway in New York City? Well, it, it sounds like, first of all, we're lucky that this person didn't uh, clean or maintain their guns properly uh, because, uh, according to police sources, the, the gun had jammed uh, and the perp discarded that before fleeing. But you're right. The NYPD uh, and the FBI and their partners are all on the hunt tonight for this person. Uh, I, I do commend some of our city leadership for, for taking the proper steps and locking down neighborhood schools, uh, cordoning off uh, an area and having a tremendous police response. It, it just goes and it really flies in the face rather of what the governor was saying i mean just trying to campaign at the podium and speak in platitudes like my my god it's not the time for that sort of campaign pandering uh, that we saw from kathy hochel and frankly she should have just moved out of the way uh, and let three competent women uh, speak and update us on the real situation the deputy mayor the police commissioner and the fire commissioner are all extremely competent women and hochel in her own mind, I mean, she said today that she'll commit the full resources of the New York state government to dealing with the crime problem. Are, are Democrats suddenly recognizing that they have to do things differently? Or are we going to hear more about, you know, community outreach and, uh, and sports programs for youth and things like that, you know, social workers? I mean, do they realize that we need to actually lock up criminals, back our police, have prosecutors that don't have left-wing progressive lunatic ideas? What, what is Kathy Hochul's version of, of helping with crime look like, as far as you know? 
No, rest assured, it'll be more of the midnight basketball type of uh, criminal justice policy uh, that we've seen from a lot of Democrats. The, the governor just passed a budget, and in that budget, they got some form of reforms to our bail reforms. But these particular reforms are extremely small, minuscule, and meaningless. And basically, Kathy Hochul had to go to the state legislature and said, how little can we do on bail reform so that you guys aren't mad, my progressive allies, uh, but the public is off my back in the next gubernatorial race. Obviously, that's not going to work out because we're not going to see any meaningful change from the reforms that were made. But if she was serious about those reforms, she would use her bully pulpit day in, day night. Frankly, the mayor's been pretty clear on this. The one really highlight of Mayor Adams is that he's been pretty clear on this. But she could use her bully pulpit to push back on the state legislature and put the blame where it belongs. Most New Yorkers are not afraid of a mass shooting day in and day out. They are afraid of gang violence. They are afraid of shootings on subway platforms. But those are usually from people who are released back uh, on their own recognizance because of the weak, ineffective laws in New York State. Mayor Eric Adams, who is in COVID quarantine, uh, spoke out today about this. Here's what he said. The suspect in today's attack detonated smoke bombs to cause havoc. We would not allow New Yorkers to be terrorized even by a single individual. NYPD is searching for the suspect at large, and we will find him. Interesting he used the term terrorized there, considering that we were told at the press conference earlier today by the uh, NYPD commissioner that they're not treating it as an act of terror. Uh, I mean, I used to do these investigations, Joe. If this isn't even, why, why would it not be investigated in that way, considering what we already know. I mean, a guy wearing a gas mask, shooting a bunch of innocent people, rolling gas grenades in, fireworks found at the scene as well, from what I've, what I've uh, read. And it seems like it was clearly a, a attack perpetrated to create terror. So what's the, we don't know the, we don't know the motive yet, but a terror, doesn't it seem like a terror attack? What am I missing? No, you're not missing anything. I mean, you, I think you, you pointed out the elements of the crime that clearly showed it was premeditated uh, and organized. People don't wear gas masks into the subway station. People don't bring smoke grenades or fireworks or things like that if they're not planning a terrorist attack. People don't bring uh, multiple magazines on a crowded subway and start shooting people unless they've really thought this through. Again, a, a gang shooting would involve someone with one gun uh, sort of off the cuff or perhaps premeditated but you wouldn't see this level of preparation going into it. Uh, I think there was a premature comment or in, in today's press conference earlier, uh, and I think the question really is, should this be treated like a domestic terrorist mass shooting, uh, or could it be foreign? Could it be, could it be some outside entity? Uh, those things will be answered really only when we know the identity of the suspect, where they're from, uh, and potentially what their motivations are. Uh, switching gears here for a moment, Joe, to the situation of the Democrat Party in the state of New York. New York Lieutenant Governor Brian Benjamin was arrested today in a campaign finance fraud case. He was charged with bribery, fraud, conspiracy, and falsification of records in an alleged scheme to obtain campaign contributions from a real estate developer in exchange for Benjamin's agreement to use his influence as a state senator to get a $50,000 grant of state funds for a nonprofit organization the developer controlled. What was going on? I mean, those are the basics, but what do we need to know about this situation? 
No, this is a very basic crime. You know, I think the Southern District made this out to be some elaborate scam. But let's be truthful about what New York's public taxpayer-funded election system actually does. You give someone, say, $250, the city matches it eight to one. So your $250 gets tacked on another $2,000 by the taxpayers of the city. So it's not a brilliant plan. Uh, this person basically took one well-funded donor uh, and asked them to cut separate checks through separate individuals who may or may not even have knowledge that they were being used as straw donors, uh, thus to basically defraud the taxpayers out of a whole bunch of money. This is the kind of thing that does happen when you make it so easy to scam the system. I'm glad it's caught, but you know, this is like basically catching one drug dealer in the park and saying that we've caught all the drug dealers, only one person is selling drugs in a park at night. This is routinely abused by Democrats and perhaps even Republicans. And that's why public financing shouldn't be replicated in the state uh, or any other state or city around the country. And just wondering if you see this as a, a liability for Democrats, considering that you've got an election coming up here. It's a huge liability politically, but also uh, tactically and legally it is. Uh, so the governor had the chance to decline his nomination as lieutenant governor just a few days ago uh, and missed the window for that. So now, uh, as a technicality, Democrats are going to have to actually nominate this indicted politician, potentially for a judgeship or for a state legislature in a different part of the state, just so they can get him off the ballot. That's how bad of a shape they're in. I think Kathy Hochul's in bad shape as it was. We had a poll come out from the Zelda campaign that shows him closing within four or five points of her. Uh, certainly, this is going to erode her whatever credibility she had left. And I wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing Lee Zeldin start rolling out campaign chairman, transition teams, uh, and things like that, because this guy is running as though he's going to win the governorship and change the state of New York. Joe Borelli, Sage of Staten Island. Good to see you, sir. Thanks for being with us. You too, Bob. Thank you. Black Lives Matter is apologizing today after it was revealed the racial justice organization quietly purchased a $6 million mansion in Southern California. Hmm. We'll have more on that with the first TV's TNLO coming up. Look, you know me, I'm skeptical by nature. So when I heard about home title theft, I was like, come on, is this really a big deal? Can some cyber criminal really just forge your name off the deed to your home and pretend they're the new owner? Turns out, yeah, the FBI will even tell you this is a real thing. It's a credit card, or rather it's a crime that is growing faster than credit card fraud. And you're not covered by homeowners insurance or common identity theft programs. Home Title Lock has earned my trust. Home Title Lock puts a barrier around your home's title. The instant they detect anyone tampering with their home's title, they mobilize to help shut it down. Here's what I urge you to do. Number one, go to HomeTitleLock.com. Read the testimonials from former FBI agents, government officials. Number two, register your home to see if you're already a victim and don't even know it. When you protect your home, tell them Buck Sexton sent you to get the listener discount. HomeTitleLock.com. Again, that's HomeTitleLock.com. The first TV's TNLO stops by. Stay with us. The Black Lives Matter organization is coming under fire, this time for the purchase of a $6 million mansion in California. Even some supporters of BLM are questioning the group's integrity. Many people are wondering whether they obtained the funds to buy or where, uh, where they rather obtained the funds to buy the lavish mansion. Yesterday, the group actually apologized for its spending, tweeting, quote, we know narratives like this cause harm to organizers doing brilliant work across the country, and these reports do not reflect the totality of the movement. We apologize for the distress this has caused to our supporters and those who work in service of black liberation daily. 
So where exactly is the group's money going? Joining me now to discuss this is contributor here at The First TV, Tina Lowe. Tina, what's going on? Hey, hey, Buck. I love how the complaint is the narrative, as though the optics are the problem and not the uh, chance that they're committing outright fraud uh, from donors. So here, for example, is a video showing some BLM leaders in their $6 million mansion talking about, well, I'll let people watch themselves. I look up to the both of you so much. You know, you're big sisters to me, you're movement leaders, you're gangsters. Remember we used to pretend like we weren't, had to pretend like we weren't. <laughs> Defund the police, <laughs> this is a budget issue. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yes. And like now we, we are talking about <laughs> abolition. Yeah, we kind of just mean abolition. <laughs> ah, what's going on there? Oh, it's nice. They're probably uh, sipping on some $100 bottle of Vivre Clicquot or whatnot. I mean, this is an organization that has made uh, $900, no, $90 million in just under a decade of its existence. And it's been touted, you know, it was touted by Kamala Harris while she was campaigning. It was touted by sitting members of Senate, Congress, people running for president all throughout 2020 while the rest of us were locked in their homes. And they were using, what, these dollars to enrich themselves. Patrice Cullors, who's, who's, the, who's the woman I believe on the far right in that video, she, she since had to step down from leadership because she was caught spending her income from BLM on four homes totaling $3.2 million. So in this house is in Malibu, California. And now their line is that this is a space for black liberation and activism, as though they need like one of those TikTok houses in LA. Um, it's pretty clear, I think, what this organization's MO is because it was silent when it came to actual organizing in 2020 to push forward the bipartisan police reform bills that Republicans and Trump were interested in, you know? I mean, because why would you work with Republicans to get anything done when you can just make yourselves rich by advocating for the abolition of the nuclear family, which is something that is explicitly in the Black Lives Matter organization's charter. Um, but they've been a fraud from the start. And, you know, I wish I could say that I have more pity for the people who gave up their, their money to this organization. But if you were duped by this, I don't know what to tell you. They were never in favor of any legislation. They were never in favor of, I mean, I don't even think that they had a Soros type goal for changing, you know, for backing specific prosecutors and district attorneys. It was pretty clear that this was always, you know, more about getting people incensed and a publicity machine than it was about any actual hashtag change. By the way, you mentioned this, but this is a bit of a throwback. Last year, BLM co-founder Patrice Coulors was coming under uh, some criticism for purchasing several homes in California. She explained her reasoning in this uh, clip. Watch. The right-wing media is trying to um, create hysteria around um, my spending is uh, frankly racist and sexist. Many of us who end up uh, investing in homes in the black community, often invest in homes to take care of their family. So um, homes uh, that I bought directly support the people that I love and that I care about. Okay, so the criticism is racist 
And because she has black family members who will be living in the homes that she has bought with BLM money, uh, she's helping black people in a general sense. It it seems to me that is actually what she said her her justification was. Am I missing something? Yeah, oh, you're missing that it's also sexist, Buck. You forgot that. I did that. miss that, that is true. Which, which, which means that if you criticize me ever, it's just because you're sexist, not because I said something incorrectly, clearly. Um, no, I do love this idea that, oh, she's investing in, in Black people in general because she has a home for her family. I mean, is that not what those of us on the right who like to protect private property were trying to say throughout all of 2020? That we wanted to protect our homes for our family? We want to protect our neighborhoods from, you know, act, quote unquote, activists who were looting and rioting and destroying our property values. Um, it is funny how, how when you are in the driver's seat, all of a sudden the arguments become very conservative. I mean, that's a very conservative argument she's making if you strip away all the identity politics from it. But again, this is what I challenge people to, to tell me. What has BLM done, legislatively speaking? Seriously. And I'm not saying this just to just to praise Trump for the First Step Act or whatnot. But the First Step Act is, is, as far as I can think of, the only federal law in the existence of BLM as an organization that actually did anything to advance you know, some sense of criminal or police reform, criminal justice or police reform. Okay, what has BLM sponsored? Speaking of being wrong, Tina, the mask mandate loons are back. You might have seen this in Philadelphia. They, they, it doesn't matter. They, they never give it up. They're, they're masking indoors starting after Easter, I think. It seems so weird. You've got a crisis right now, but you're going to wait for people uh, to have to, you know, be next week, I guess. It'll go into effect. Seems quite strange to me. Um, is it happening in D.C. too? Because I know GW, George Washington University, American University, they've got mask mandates back. Is it, is it going to creep into D.C.? I think it's going to creep into New York City soon. I think it's possible, but look, I think Muriel Bowser is finally feeling the feeling the fear of the primary that she's in. She's facing two challengers, and they're from the left. But I think that she realizes that that I think district residents actually are pretty fed up with this. Um, again, anything is possible because we are governed by morons. Um, but but luckily, she has the political implications to worry about, and you know. To Republicans scared about Trump endorsing Dr. Oz, they just have to remember that as long as Philadelphia decides to do, you know, garbaggio like this, every time a mask mandate gets reimposed, the local polling average bumps back up five extra points for the generic Republican on the ballot, no matter how much you dislike the individual candidate. That's just a fact. As it should, by the way, because he's Mask Democrat lunatics are just that. They've completely lost their minds. And this is, it's outrageous that there are still people that think that this does anything. It's amazing. It just goes to show you that it's people- a, at, this point, at this point, it's a mental illness. I mean, yeah, what is the definition is. Of, of insanity, if not re, like trying the same thing over and over again, expecting different results? Yeah, didn't work during it. Delta, didn't work during Omicron. Why is it gonna work for the third year of the pandemic? It won't. We just didn't mask down hard enough, Tina. That's what they're going to tell us. Didn't mask up enough. That's, that's the answer. That's what they'll say. They're crazy, but at least we're not. Thanks for hanging out with us. Good to see you. Thanks, Buck. Today, The View's Sunny Hostin explained why she wants mask mandates forever. Apparently, it's because she thinks uh, other people are gross or something like that. We'll have the video for you in quick hits. Stay right there.
The View's Sunny Hostin demands that mask mandates remain in place because she apparently thinks that Americans are bad or something like that. What? And a Saudi Arabian comedy show does a spoof of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris that goes viral very quickly because, you see, Joe Biden's actually a laughingstock to the rest of the world. They told us that the world would respect us so much more. Oh, they want a Trump gone so badly. Really? Really? We're going to believe that now? Joe Biden's kind of muttering and shuffling his feet around, always looks confused, looks like he doesn't know where he is, looks like he needs a nap. So much respect from the world. Yeah, that's what they told us. We got those in quick hits. Let's get to it. Now, The View is a remarkable institution because The View is some of the dumbest political analysis you will see on television anywhere. Maybe the single greatest repository of televised stupidity you'd find anywhere uh, when it comes to politics. And this was an interesting moment here. Here's the view Sonny Hostin on mask mandates on planes specifically. Watch. I think when it comes to mask mandates, um, they're there because people just aren't great people. Um, and that, that's just the bottom line. Americans just aren't, aren't great to each other. We just aren't. And so when it comes to things like flying, yeah, you know, the, the mask mandate the mask. is supposed to be lifted April 18th. I don't want to get on a plane with super spreaders. I don't want to get on a plane with 214 other people that are going to be breathing on me with their COVID breath. I don't want it. Yeah. I don't want it. I, I want the mask then don't get on a plane because you don't understand science, data, or the last two years of lived reality. The mask doesn't work. It doesn't work. What do these people have to see? What do the mask maniacs have to understand? Or, or what data do we have to present them with so they will understand that their ideas are just are rooted in superstition? By the way, the, the air on a plane is filtered incredibly well, as all the airline CEOs have already testified before Congress. And it's not even wearing a mask the whole time. It's mask up between bites. So the mask is totally for show. Totally for show. It means nothing. Nothing other than you have to be uncomfortable and look like an idiot for an hour, eight hours, ten hours, however long your flight is. Because people like Sonny Hoster are so scared. Uh. Give me a break. I've had COVID twice. I'm probably going to get it again any day now. Living in the world means you're going to get COVID at some point. Man. And then there's the free state of Florida fighting against this madness. Here's Governor DeSantis. Here's what he says about how Florida is not going to allow for this craziness, the mandates and restrictions, etc. Watch this. As long as I sit in the chair in which I sit, no Floridian will be restricted, mandated, or locked down in any possible way. No Floridian will be restricted or locked down in any possible way. Isn't that an amazing thing? Shouldn't that be the case for every state in the country right now? Because we've lived through two years of this. You have to remember, lockdowns weren't only uh, deeply authoritarian, unconstitutional, and destructive. There was no upside. The lockdown policies that we had, the masking policies, were all downside. There was no benefit. It'd be one thing if they could sit here and say, hey, you know, look at all the great things we got. Okay, sure, there's some downside, but there was no upside to this. It is nothing but downside. The only upside is psychological benefit and political benefit to crazy libs, to Democrats who cannot live in reality. But they're going to have to live in reality about Joe Biden because he's an imbecile. And other people around the world are recognizing this at some level. 
here is a, a look, Saudi Arabia is not known for being a humorous place, but they do have comedy shows, apparently. Who knew? And here's a Saudi comedy show spoofing President Biden and Vice President Harris. Watch. Thank you very much. Today, we're going to talk about the crisis in Spain. Yeah, we're going to talk about the crisis in Africa. Yeah, Russia. Yeah, Russia. And I want to talk about the president of Russia, yeah, Putin. Yeah, Putin. Putin, listen to me. I have very important message to you. The message is... And the president of China, oh, he didn't finish Russia. No, sir. Thank you to correct me, first lady. Yeah, thank you very much. God bless you. And God bless. I think they, I think they, uh, they got a lot of it there. What we're dealing with right now, a Joe Biden presidency that is just simply absurd on so many levels. It's not funny, unfortunately, the presidency isn't because of all the uh, suffering and all the downsides of this. But hey, those of us on the right, we warned, we warned the country. The libs didn't want to listen. They were all cheering in the streets and honking their horns when Biden won. Yay! Yeah. Worked out great, didn't it? That's it for tonight's Hold the Line. The No Spin News with Bill O'Reilly is next. Shields high. There's a battle going on right now that may be the most important fight our country's had since the Revolutionary War. Once again, it's about our freedom. People like you and me are being canceled, our speech increasingly censored by big tech and corporate media. Can't let that happen. Time to fight back. Please stand with us and support The First TV. Be a part of our team dedicated to preserving the very essence of who we are, free Americans. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has supported our nation's heroes and their families ever since. Heroes like Marine Corps Sergeant Adam Mayo. He served our nation for over seven years before he was severely injured during training. He was left paralyzed from the chest down, severely limiting his ability to move around his home independently. Tunnel to Towers paid Sergeant Mayo's mortgage, removing a financial burden for him and his family. The foundation gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his specific needs. Tunnel to Towers helped severely injured service members and first responders, as well as Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders. It has already come to the aid of so many heroes and their families by providing mortgage-free homes. The foundation is also committed to eradicating veteran homelessness. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 